By the way, uh, just before we came on, I totally forgot to tell you. We are one episode away from this being perfect timing. This could have been episode Ocho Cinco. Oh. But it's not. It's Ocho Ocho Cuatro. I'm sure that's not how you say 84 in Spanish. (laughs) I don't think so. But it's 84. But how cool would that have been if this had been Ocho Cinco? That would have been awesome. Episode 85. It would have been very, very, it would have been very, very time. We're on 84, huh? But it's not. It's 84. Yep. So 85 will be at Worlds. So we do 85 live at Worlds. I it, I cannot believe you were saying that. Like, I was wondering if I should bring my camera. The only thing bring I was wondering, like, like, I was thinking, how cool would it be if I could bring this camera that I use that's sort of higher quality and and plug a couple of microphones yeah. into my computer and then just have you and I sit, like, with the court or maybe even on the court because there's many times where the court is quiet, we can quiet, tell right? people if they want to come and be a crowd or whatever. We can actually have oh, a lot of... Man, yeah. that's a great idea. I, I don't know. I don't know how we would get because I've got my microphone, obviously, that I can take with me, you know, and just use the single cord to plug in. I don't know how I could split it because my, we my could do we could do it somewhere in the HQ. I mean, I'm, there's got to be smart enough people around us somewhere. Trays around. I mean, I mean, the whole oh, man, the whole staff will be there. So maybe there's some people smart enough to help us out with that. I hate to bring all this stuff, but since I'm driving up, obviously I mean, it's a quick drive for us. So yeah. Since I'm driving up, I guess I could throw my camera and the and the tripod in in the back because that would be awesome, especially to have, you know, if anybody wanted to come and and watch. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. And we get yeah, there'll be people cool. there. Yeah, we should try. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll bring my stuff. Well, we need to talk to Rosie and see how that works, right? For the whole getting it oh, on yeah. air. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Because Mish, Mish, after we were talking about, um, after we were talking, geez, my hair's a mess. Sorry. After we were talking about. Um, um going live apparently it's 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 well i guess we could do it maybe on youtube or something like that sounds like facebook is kind of off limits it's just like facebook the acl facebook page is just pretty much reserved for popular people and i, know, um, man. I think i think i think they <laughs> might let us shows, do it i think they, they might, might let us from do worlds it. yeah they might they might let us do I it i think yeah. they might let us do it you have to you have to meet certain standards if you're going to be live on the ACL. I, I, I hear I, I hear you. I, th- I think yeah. we'll have to talk to Trey and get uh, get his feel. Okay, I'll bring I'll bring the camera. Yeah, I bring it all, and I'll uh, I'll I'll reach out to him. We've got that big call that we're supposed to be on. I think next week anyway, next Monday. Oh yeah, I just got that email. Okay, so maybe we'll talk to him. I'll I'll send him a, a message on Slack. See what he thinks. It's so funny. It it, it made me um, almost a little bit sad. Or nostalgic, I guess. I saw, I saw the. Uh, I was going through through Trey's uh, Twitter account uh, just today, just to see over the last couple of days. I've, I've had family in town the last couple of days, just to see if I missed anything. And uh, saw a tweet by Trey, and it said something something to the effect of, "And with that, the regular season of 2023 is now in the books." Isn't that crazy? It really is, isn't it? Like, like it it's crazy. It, was, it, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, I think back to, to my worries in the off season, as everyone knows, you know, about, about, you know, just watching a crappy block game. And it was, it was the complete opposite of that. It's been so much fun to follow. It's been so much fun to watch and getting to know the players even more and watching the players, the younger players grow up. 
the new meet all kinds of new people. And now, yeah. we're, you know, now we're starting to work towards sponsorships with our show and with the league and yeah. just to see it grow. And, and it seems like, you know, we waited so long for that first national. And once that first national came, it's been a blur. Constant. It's been so much fun. And now just like that, it's over except for worlds, you know, and, yeah. and obviously Spencer McKenzie's, but you know, like, like Trey said that with that, the regular season comes to an end. It's kind of sad. It, I, you know, but the thing is with our sport, it doesn't last very long. Right. I mean, for us, <laughs> you and I, you and I, we kind of miss out the first third of the season. Yeah, we do. Cause all the yeah. opens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll go, I might go to a couple of college stops every, every year, you know, and kind of yeah. help out with that. But for the most part, fall is off for us, except for this show and whatever else we kind of do this way. But yeah, it's weird, man. It felt like it flew by. It felt like it took forever, like you were saying. And then once it started in April for us, mm. I mean, it just doesn't seem, I mean, if you really think about it, it wasn't that long ago, even though it feels like it was a year ago. Yeah. That we were in Corpus Christi. I know. But yeah, I mean, I started thinking about stuff. Like I joined the ACL in 2018, January of 2018. It does seem like a long time ago. You're right. Yeah, it does. You know, wow. And I, I joined ACL in 2018, January. That's a long time ago. Five and a half years. Yeah. And it, it feels like it's flown by. That's funny. I was just thinking like the same thing. Like, like I'm kind of right behind you guys because I started in 2020. This is obviously 2023. So I've been thinking in my head that, you know, I've, I've been with the league for three years. It's not. This is my fourth season Yeah, doing play-by-play for the ACL. It's nuts. I'm not, I'm not too far behind you guys. I mean, I mean next year will be I mean, as long as they'll have me back. Uh, yeah. Next year will be will be the fifth season, you know, with Trey and and now with Anthony. That's crazy, and man. It's yeah, crazy no, how it? fast that time is flying. Five years. What's yeah. crazier to me is how the game has changed. I know, right? I mean, it's a completely different game now than it was in 2018. Yeah, I mean, so completely true. different. The the bet. I mean, well, you yeah, you've seen it more than than I. I mean, I've I've seen the growth obviously since COVID, which is huge. But yeah, you guys go back to even before that. I mean, I I mean, the differences between 2018 and now have got to be monumental. And well, and what's cool is some of the players that are still around, right? Like there are a few that were great then that are great now. There are that, some yeah. that were great then that have just kind of said, you know what, I can't, I really can't keep up anymore. They kind of bowed out. And then there's some others that are kind of hanging on, you know, but then with all these new classes, it seems like every season, this new group of players and how much younger and younger and younger everyone's got. Yeah. I'm telling you, 2018, it was a, it was a middle-aged man's game. Yeah. You know, it like, was. Yeah, I mean, there were some yeah. young kids that were great, but it was nothing like it is now. And now, I mean, you get to the age of 25, you're, you're salty. You're an old man yeah. in this game now at 25. I know. It's crazy. I know, like some of these players, like a Jamie Graham that we talk about, right? And he's only what twenty five. Yeah, no, Wooten is what mid 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 yeah. to late twenties. I mean, yeah. it seems it seems like they've been around for so long. Yeah, it's not Ryan Windsor. I feel like we've been talking about Ryan Windsor forever. I think he's twenty six, and yeah. yeah, it seems like and sometimes it seems like he's old on the court. Ryan yeah. Smith it seems like he's an old man on the court sometimes. Yeah. I talked to Damon Dennis a little bit about it before. Now, he is uh, an old man on the court. Yeah, and talked to him a little bit about it before they went and played, and he's like, we know. He's like, we know it's coming. We know who all the talented kids are. And we're we're trying, you know, in, in typical Damon Dennis fashion, right? Like, it's like, dude, you're still pretty good, Damon. <laughs> you know, uh, he it, is. it, it he hasn't is. left you behind yet, right? But they, I think they feel it. I think he and Jimmy, you know, they feel yeah. this tide, this youth movement. They feel it. But they're kind of like, hey, this old style still works if we do it well. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in what you just said for our uh, our discussions later. Uh, quick, quick pull back the 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 curtain here as far as family stuff goes. We, you know, we we don't really talk family too much, but just a little meet Jeff and Bernie segment. Okay. Uh, I had my sister in town with her daughter over the last couple of days, and uh, it was so great. I mean, I, I told you before we came on, I'm just tired. I feel like we've had so much family with all the graduations, you know, with two of the two of the girls, either college graduation or high school graduation. So we've been busy with all kinds of family stuff, and my sister couldn't make it. So for for um, Noel's graduation, so she decided to come down this past uh, four days or so. And you know how it is with family. I mean, you just you just feel responsible, and you just want them to have a good time and and show them around. So we. Uh, I'm tired, but we had a blast. I mean, we checked a lot of boxes. But um, so my sister um, and her husband, so my sister Jeannie and, and her husband Dan, a uh, huge shout out to them and their family. Um, their daughter, who they brought, is type 1 diabetic. And yeah. I just want to say how proud I am of her and her, her, her cute little family. Um, you know, for those of you out there who have type 1 diabetes, we have no idea what it's like. I mean, it, it literally, Bernie, even with all the technology they have right now, um, you know, there, there's, there's all kinds of Bluetooth technology to, to monitor glucose yeah. levels and everything, whether they're going up or going down. It is, it is such, you know, to be with her and to see what she has to go through and see what her daughter goes through. Uh, she's only, uh, I think she's going into seventh grade. Wow. Um, and so to deal with that, it's literally, it, it's a forever thing. It's, it's something that she will always deal with. And it's literally minute by minute. You know, they do have alarms in case, in case they're quickly going up or quickly going down. But it's something that they have to check nonstop. So here we are, you know. We take our lives, and you and I have talked about this before. We take our lives for granted, right? We take our health for granted. We just, we fly to Canton. We fly to Milwaukee. We fly out to Detroit. You know, we're going to California. We're going up to Charlotte. We just, we just go, 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 right? No big deal. Right. But for people who have different disabilities or have different health concerns, whatever, you know, it, she's got to carry a back. Here she is going to seventh grade. She's got to carry a, a, you know, a fanny pack with her. It's kind of a backpack fanny pack thing with her yeah. that, that has all, you know, all everything that she needs, you know, Dexacom, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's always there, you know, 24 seven, but it never slowed us down. We did all the Charleston things, right? We did the market. We did the aquarium. We went out to the beach. We went out to eat. And it's pretty cool how that technology has come. But just quick, just I, I just wanted to give my sister a shout out. We don't talk about family much, but uh, I, I'm just proud of her for being such a good mom and and for uh, little Kaylee for being such a trooper because you know you don't realize until you live it what these people live with day by day. You know. Yeah, it's tough, man. The thing yeah. is, I feel bad for you in a way because Charleston, there's so much to see and do, and it's small enough that you feel like you have to do it. You know what I mean? So when someone comes in, a friend or family, like, oh, it's like you feel like you have to take them here, 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 here. Like Atlanta, for example, is so big. It's like, well, it's so big. You kind of have to choose one or two things. Right. Right. Where Charleston, it's like, ah, we can kind of we can do all this. We can go out to the beaches. Which beaches did you go to, by the way? We just went to Folly. You went to Folly? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just it's just 10, 12 minutes away. So. <laughs> yeah. That's where the yeah. locals go, man. We went well, out it's to a brand uh, new pier. It's so it's so funny because you know the Folly Beach had that wooden pier, yeah, uh, for years. And every time we get a storm, it gets damaged, right, or it gets taken out, right. So so it's like the city of Folly Beach and Charleston County finally said we've had enough. That I'm done with this, and they went total concrete all the way out to the water, like like I don't know how many feet, a thousand feet, nine hundred feet. It's it, it maybe even longer. Wow. It's like fifteen hundred feet, just flat concrete, huge concrete pillars into the you know into the. Um, into the floor of the 
of the ocean there. I mean, it's it was done. It was done right. So I haven't been to Folly Beach, man, since the 90s. Yeah, like, it's, it's been a it's, long time. It, since it's pretty there. much the same. The only sad thing is I don't want to get into it, but just because of all the the you know storms and weather and everything, the beach. There's at no high beach tide, on the one side. Yeah, right. There's no there's no beach at high tide. So, the, but but they're changing that. They're about ready to put something like twenty seven million dollars, something like that, into a beach re- revitalization deal. So it's gonna be it's gonna be better. But uh, speaking of weather, so that that is the thing. Like I tell people this all the time. There, there is a difference, and I will argue with anyone about this, between heat, dry heat, and wet heat, right, and the sure. humidity. Our Absolutely. humidity levels here are insane. And I tell people that, you know, like Misha and I get into it, and Misha's like, wow, it was 100 degrees here, 105. Like, when it gets up to 117, 150, I get it, that's hot, right? Yeah. But the humidity just kills you. And I feel so bad because when my family comes here, you really see it. Like, as soon as they get off the plane and walk out of the airport, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, we can't it's breathe. It's different. People, people don't yeah. get a look. I, it's brutal. Hot, it's really hot. hard for them. Like we had to stay inside a lot because it's like, and that's the problem. We live at the beach, right? And then when yeah. people come from Iowa or Ohio or Michigan or whatever, they don't want to go to the beach because it's too damn hot. They can't breathe. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny talking to people from out west where, where it's a lot drier. They, yeah. I get it. One ten, super hot. hot. Don't want any yep. part of it. You and I golfed in it. It's brutal. We, we golfed at one oh five. Yep, brutal. Right. I mean, it, it's it's hot but 95 and humid in the southeast will sit on you i mean it is unbearable oh, it's right? gross. It, yeah it's it's, it's crazy the difference yeah. i'm with you uh one one more thing uh you know we always have all these travel issues right i mean sometimes we don't uh, but but when you travel as much as we do you're going to run into things right mm-hmm. so we had an issue uh that i'd never heard of before so we're trying to come back from Cannes. And uh, I'm with David Harris and Miranda Coy are both on our original flight. We're supposed to leave at 845, you know, so we get there at the airport around seven. And um, anyway, so we're just kind of sitting there and I'm like, I'm just going to look out and see if there's a plane at the gate. And because uh, I've learned that's a big deal, right? As much as we travel, it's like you got to have a plane. You got to make sure that there's a plane there at the gate. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and you can tell, you can tell, right? Like, you, you know, at a certain point, if you're not seeing the plane, there's going to be there's going to be trouble. Right. Yep. So, so I go down there about seven thirty, seven forty-five. There's no plane, but at this point, we don't leave till eight forty-five. So I'm like, it's okay. It's probably coming, maybe from Charlotte. You know, I mean, they do down and backs all the time. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Right. So, no plane. So I'm like, that's yeah, all right. So then I go and I check again at about eight. Right. Still no plane. Now I'm starting to worry, and 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 now all of a sudden it's about eight ten, eight fifteen. I check again. Still no plane. The problem is, is that everyone's so nice in Ohio. It's such a cute little tiny airport, right? And no one's saying anything. I'm like, am I the only person here who has a connection? Like, is everyone on my flight <laughs> like just going to Charlotte to vacation or to live? Yeah. So I'm like, no one seems to be panicking. So I finally asked the lady. I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I just happen to notice that there's no plane out there, and we're supposed to leave in 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, are we still getting out of here on time? Oh, they're having trouble getting it out of the hangar. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So sure enough, you know, it's 8.30, 8.40, they finally make an announcement, and everyone's like, you know, they, you know, attention please to everyone in the, in the you know, the American and what, what are we doing? And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, we're supposed to leave here soon. And so they tell us we're not going to leave until 10. 
so David and Miranda and I decided to go get something to eat because they got a little breakfast place in the airport there. And all of a sudden we get we get pinged and now we're not gonna leave until three. So we all three of us had to scramble and get on flights coming back and it was man, it was it was a mess. American but Airlines. Not, but to not get a plane out of the hangar, that one I'd never heard of before. American Airlines, man. Yeah, never heard of that. That that, that I will miss about Atlanta. Apparently Delta does fly into Wilmington, so but American Airlines is for the birds. And I don't care if I do offend somebody from American. It is not good enough. They do not do a good enough job. You're not good enough. Thumbs yeah, down, I had, I've had, I've had, I've had issues uh, and successes with both, unfortunately. So, I, I mean, I've had a couple of delays, but not like big delays, like thirty minute delays, and that's it with Delta. Yeah, the, I the, always the, seem, I always seem to have problems coming back. So it's always few, fine getting there, which is good. I'll, t- I'll yeah. take that. Need to get there for work, obviously, but coming home has always been a. The few times that I've flown American, it's always been an issue. I had to change airlines a couple of times when we went to Corpus Christi early in the year. I had to yeah. ditch the whole American thing. I had to get on another airline. Couldn't oh, get that's there. right. That I just not not good enough. American Airlines, you're not good. What about that? Yeah, you had all kinds of issues. Yeah. And they do. Those routes go back and forth, by the way. And on Delta, you can actually look it up on your phone. You can look at the app and it'll tell you, you know, the, the, that's basically the routes. So if it's from Atlanta to Detroit, that plane does that all day. Yeah. So you can see where it is and if it's missing, you know, storms or whatever, and it's getting kind of pushed behind. But right, yeah, yep. if it's stuck in a hangar, that sounds like to me there wasn't staff. And that's yeah. been a huge issue post-COVID. They don't really tell you that is they don't have the pilots and they don't have the staff to run the flights, but yet they're still going to sell the tickets. Yeah. And, and the big, and the big thing too, like David and I were talking about, like if you knew that you weren't going to get the hangar out, if you knew the staff wasn't there, like you knew the plane had to leave at eight 45, it's not sneaking up on anybody. Right. They know every day it goes to Charlotte at eight 45. It's not like they just, they just made up this flight every day. Right. This happens. So if you know, that's not going to happen. Like before we all get out of our beds and get ready and get packed and get to the airport, how about just a little heads up? Like, Hey, you know, it, it ain't happening. Right. Know? Because they know they'll have to give a certain amount of refunds that yeah. people will go use another airline to get out. They have to get out on that day. Yeah, it's American, not good enough. Just not no. good enough. They are shady. Don't like. Them. All right. So enough about my problems. So um, for those who, for those who don't know, so obviously, obviously, you know, we used to have we used to have a lot of guests, and uh, and we've decided to just talk. Yeah, we're just we're just not doing guests anymore. No, I'm just kidding. We will have kind of, we will have kind guests. Um, but so so you know, we decided to kind of pivot on the show and just kind of give our thoughts and come up with topics. So something that you're doing sports talk radio, the good ones anyway. The you know the guys that we listen to that we talk about, yeah. they uh, you know they basically sit down and and whether it's a you know whether it's a daily show or whatever, they sit down at the beginning of the day and talk about different topics they want to talk about and what they feel passionately about. So Bernie and I do the same thing. So Bernie will text me throughout the week. Um, you know, some topics or things that he wants to talk about. So you had you you had a couple that were interesting this week that I, I've got to ask you about. I don't even recall. It was late at night. I, I don't even recall when I, it like it just kind of came to me and I started. Yeah. So, so a couple of them. One was happiness. You you wanted to talk about happiness, like, and then the other one was the sweet spot. Like, do you remember like texting me this at all? I do. What, I do. What were these? What were these things? I mean, there, there were some other things in there also. Here's the problem with me, Jeff. It, it made perfect sense to me at that particular moment in time. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm like, what the hell? Like, let me see. Let me see. Where, where, is, like, where is it? Where is it? That's right. If you don't have it, I've got a laundry. No, thing. I didn't have yeah. happiness in there. 
I did have the sweet spot. Yeah, you, te you texted me as as as, as part football of football season is happiness. Yes, oh, football season. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that's that's what I sent you. Football season, like, so we're coming up on that time, and for whatever reason, what whatever's going on in my life, football season makes it better. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. I don't. I, it, I mean, yeah. obviously, I love football, but everyone loves football. But I feel genuinely better when I see the first game kickoff. And we kind of talked about, well, hey, why doesn't USFL fill that void? I don't know. Maybe I'm just programmed, you know, and fall is kind of my favorite season for, you know, it, maybe I'm just programmed that that's only when football should be. But I just feel genuinely better during football season. And I don't I, I can't give you an explanation because I, I love basketball agree. just as much. I do. I love basketball, but I don't have the same feeling. Maybe it's because winter can kind of drag and, you know, yeah. clouds, whatever. But yeah. I feel I feel like I have more energy. I have something to look forward to. I, I literally, when football season is done, I feel like, and this is going to sound stupid, but I do feel like there is a small part of me that goes into a little bit of depression. Yes. It's like, wait a second. 100%. Like, 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 like it's been 100%. my security blanket for the last four months, yeah. and now and someone I, has ripped it away from me, and what the hell am I going to do without yeah, it? Yeah, now I've got a month and a half, two months maybe of college basketball, and then it's NBA if you're into the NBA, which yeah. I kind of lost a little bit of. And then it's a grind, man. I'm just not a huge baseball person. And I mean, baseball is great. Don't get me wrong, but it just, it doesn't, it's not the same visceral enjoyment that I have with football. And yeah. I've got and NASCAR. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, as, as I've told you, I'm kind of a closet, although I feel like I've come out of the closet. I wouldn't say you're a closet NASCAR fan. I would say you're, 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 out. You're, you're, you're way out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of helps me fill the, fill the void, but I'm with you. Like, like even Kathy the other day, uh, Maybe about a week ago, she's like, "Man, it'll be nice when football season's back." Just because for her, even though she doesn't really know a lot of the players and the teams, that kind of stuff, she likes to have it on in the background. She likes yeah. she likes seeing me on the couch drinking a Bloody Mary, watching an Iowa game, you know, you know, watching a college football game. Mm -hmm. You know, she likes she likes the gathering of friends and the appetizers and that kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of a social. I mean, she really you know enjoys just having the game on and what it means and what it stands for. Well, well, let me ask you this. All right, so football to me is one of the few sports, the only sport for me where I can watch, especially college football. I, I love both. I love college and pro, but I would say I lean a little more towards college as far as what I truly love. Yeah, I mean, I love pro football too. Don't get me wrong, but college, like I'm with I you. can I can watch legitimately from noon on a Saturday to 1.30 in the morning, and I can watch games with teams that I don't yeah. care anything about and enjoy it and truly enjoy it. And I can't really do that with other sports. Yeah. Like, I've got to have a vested interest if I'm watching basketball. I've got to, you know, I mean, I've watched some other games, but usually it's because one of those teams is in the same conference and maybe a rival of my team. You know what I mean? Like, th there is a little bit of connection there. But with college football, hey, man, I'll watch Iowa – and Minnesota throw down for a little while until it's like three three in the fourth quarter. It's just like, what? What? Yeah. First down, crazy. Yeah, but uh, it's I, I, I love it. I love it. Catch some catch some West Coast games late at night. Yeah. Speaking of which, so random stories. So so our last night in Milwaukee, uh, per per your guys' suggestion, we went to Carnivore to eat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nice nice little steakhouse. So we figured our last night we didn't have anything the next day. So Kathy and I decided to go out and have a nice dinner. So we went out and we, and we love to sit at the bar, right? Yeah, I, I just, I just, I am so, I'm so done at my age with sitting in stuffy dining areas with white tablecloths and, and you know, it's just, it's just stiff. I just, I hate it. I just hate it. So we go and we sit at the bar 
And uh, and we saddle up next to the guy on the corner. He's wearing an Iowa Hawkeye shirt. <laughs> I, I promise I'll make the story short. Um, and, and I said, uh, you know, I, all of a sudden I'm the guy from the pro- progressive commercial, right? I'm I'm like, oh, Hawkeyes, you know, go Hawks, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the progressive commercial? Yeah. He's he's like Paris, oh, Frontier. Um, but yeah, that, that's me. I'm that like, I get it from my dad. I can't help it. Anyway, so we strike up a conversation. Obviously, he's a Hawkeye fan. I grew up in Iowa City. We're talking about Iowa football, talking about great traditions, talking about the wave. His son is a cancer survivor. Oh wow! Who who spent time up there in that in that uh, you know in that, in that wave ward. that, that yeah. takes up the top two floors of the University of Iowa? You know the children's yeah. uh, hospital. hospital. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, you know that they were they were the ones waving waving back. So. That's crazy. Uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, kind of a heavy story, but but I mean, it means the world to those kids and to the family members up there when the whole stadium, you know, 80,000 people, 76,000 people turn around and they all wave. And I'll still never forget one of the first times I went to a game after that was started. We were playing Ohio State back when Urban Meyer was there. And say what you want about Urban Meyer, I realize he's had his trouble. But uh but but Urban made every single one of his players get out there on the field and turn around and wave. So, I mean, that was, again, that was one of the first times I remember being there at a game, but he, he got all of his guys, I mean, he's doing this and telling all of his guys, get out here, get out here, get out here. And they all turned around. So it doesn't matter who you're rooting for, who, you know, whether you're an Iowa fan or Michigan fan, whoever's there that day, just have everyone turn around. Oh, it's one of the uh, great traditions. And it, yeah, it, it, it started because amazing. when they finished, when they finished that children's hospital, that, that ward was up at the top. And so, yeah. that, you know, it would have probably been around longer had that children's hospital been that high longer. Right. But once they finish those right. top floors ever since then, that's what that's one of the great traditions in college football. That's what I love about college football. I it's know filled with traditions. You're a Big Ten guy. It seems like every every little matchup they play for some sort of jug or some sort of brown <laughs> axe or an axe. So, yeah, <laughs> so yes. they're, they're playing for something up there. Yeah. A barrel. Yeah. yeah. Some, some sort of <laughs> cracking open a barrel with a big brown axe. I mean, I, it's <laughs> so true. Yeah, it is. So Big true. 10 football. It's yeah, slow. The Paul Bunyan trophy, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's slow, but we have axes. Yeah. Oh, my it's... God. Is it slow? <laughs> it is slow. It's tough to watch sometimes. All right, uh, all right. So what? What? So what's the sweet spot thing? Give me, give me the sweet spot. Do you remember what the sweet spot? Uh, I really don't. Looking back on it, I really don't. I think it had to do with well, you, you, up, got, you got the sweet spot on the board, and I wonder how many. Uh, oh, players... oh, so now we're getting into cornhole now? Yeah, well, it's cornhole. And it's like it's that's good. every sport kind of has, but every sport like kind of has it. Yeah, every sport kind of has it, right? I mean, every sport yeah. like there's a in tennis, there's a sweet spot. Golf, there's a sweet spot. Cornhole, there's a sweet spot. And I'm just curious, you know, like talking to some of the players. Like, it's so different for all the players. Like, where they want to land the bag, how, like, what kind of angle they want to come in. Like, you know, in some sports, you know, in golf, it's a pretty small sweet spot in those clubs. I mean, some of the nicer clubs, you know, are a little more forgiving than others, but the sweet spot is still a fairly small spot on a club. Same with ten- well, tennis rackets nowadays have gotten huge. But and it's just curious to me, like, how – how different the sweet spots are in uh, in cornhole, like talking to different players, where they where they want to land the back, and I, I, that that's why I brought it up. It's just you know like a Tony Smith's going to land it, like a, a, a Jimmy McGuffin's going to land it almost next to the hole, yeah. right? I mean that's that's his sweet spot, even though it's a little bouncier up there. And then you know Cheyenne Renner talking about she wants to land pretty much on the C and the ACL logo in the middle of the board, right? And just this and this you know that's just so other true. sports, yeah. The sweet spot yeah. is just so important. 
I mention on the broadcast all the time, you know, for these players who have that awesome cut bag, you know, there's yeah. obviously a spot on the board they need right. to hit. And I, and, I, and I've made the reference, you know, to other sports. It's like a guy throwing a slider. He's looking for a spot. You know, I mean, when he rips off that, that slider, that curveball, he's throwing to a spot and, and letting, the, letting the ball do the rest. Same thing with the bag, trying to hit that spot and, and cut and, it. So. And I just think it's so, like, I think it makes cornhole very unique. Yeah. Because not everyone, like, there's a lot of people, especially the slide players, right? They're looking kind of around the middle of the board logo, right? They want to slide it up. But usually a little yeah. lower, the ones that really want to slide it because they don't want it to hop. Because if you land it kind of in the middle, upper middle part of the board, it's a little more hollow right there. And so the bag will hop a little bit. So the slide players want it down just a touch from that. But it's just interesting because I think it's so unique about the game of cornhole because everyone's got a different spot they're looking for. The sweet spot isn't just one spot on the board. Yeah, and I, think it's that, interesting. I think that's kind of different. That's that's always amazed me because and I do notice it from time to time, especially we're in a, when we're in a game that goes uh, you know thirty plus rounds and it's a couple of slide players. Sometimes that that spot that they're hitting is all the way down the board. Like I can't Scary. believe it. Like like sometimes I'll yeah I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of tap Trey on the shoulder. I'll be like like look where this bag is landing. Like it's yeah. like literally so landing close at the bottom to landing of the on the board. dead spot. Yeah yeah and, and just slides all the way up. It's just I just love watching that. It's just I love it. But yeah, right, so since that, that's what I was thinking about when I when I wrote that, I, I, I do I do remember the haze of that eleven forty five text. <laughs> um, I, oh, okay. There was another one too. Let, let's 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 table this one for just a little bit about okay. the uh, about the diva uh-huh. celebrities because uh-huh. because that's that's going to be a part of my on off and in okay. later on. So all right, real quick. Um, a little bit of cornhole stuff here. Mm-hmm. Ryan Hart, uh, man, shout out, huge, huge win against Devin Harbaugh, Sarah Cassidy, uh, Miranda Coy, such a tough loss for Miranda. I think she's got one of the sweetest looking bags in the air, like in flight in the game. Uh, big win by Sarah and then by Jimmy McGuffin and Damon Dennis. So, shout out to all of them. By the way, the money. That's that's a big like like with Devin Harbaugh, we still keep waiting for him to get that that first signature win, right? That first mm-hmm. major title. Right. Um, but I I guess I didn't really realize the difference in money until this weekend when I was going over the results. That's that's a huge hit financially. It's four thousand dollars versus five hundred. Yeah, for winning that thing. That's, yeah. a, that's shoot, a big deal. The shootout is very different. It, yeah. it is, it is a it's made specifically for television, and it's all about the money, and it's all about the winner, right? A, you got to qualify, and yeah. then you know I mean, it's not about it's not spread. So you know it's really not spread at all, and so that's why some people don't like it. But it's like, look, you have to have something to play for to make yeah. the sport a little different. And it's it's made for team. You know, it's one of those. It's like the skins game when they created that for golf back in the '80s. Something that kind of drives television differently because there was no Tiger Woods at that point, right? They had to. How can we create viewers? Well, let's make something specifically made for television mm-hmm. and money. And we kind of did the same thing with uh, with the shootout series. But yeah, and Devin, got to start winning some stuff, man. I, you're yeah. still one of the best players in the world. Talent for talent, there may not be. You know, it's a really small discussion, and he's in it. But you got to start winning. You know, at that let me. You know, and it's hard because that expectation is so difficult, right? I mean, like. It's tough because we're putting this expectation on Devin and a couple other players to win because I think they've put it on themselves and their talent says you should be here. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like for Miranda, you talked about Miranda losing to Sierra. I think Miranda, I, you know, I, I, some people got a little mad at me on the streaming network. I said, you know, she is her own biggest fan. She needs to start winning some of these games. And what I mean by that, I mean, she, A, she is her own biggest fan, right? I mean, and, and I, I believe that she, when you look at her talent level, she should be one of the better female players. She's, she has such a good bag. It's she should, bag, yeah. but she's not. Now, she's very good. But when you start talking the elite of the female game, you're going to go through a few before you get to Miranda. And you probably shouldn't from a talent perspective. So she needs to start winning some of these things as well. And Devin has to start winning because he wins brackets. And look, when you have these, when you have a a tournament to 21 and you've got, say, six brackets, eight brackets, whatever it is, Devin seems like he's always winning a bracket, right? Or he's always in a bracket final. He's there. He's deep. It's not like he's, you know, taken out early ever. He might lose first round and then come all the way back through the loser's bracket, but he's always there, Mm -hmm. right? But at some point, to kind of justify all the talk and to justify all the hype and to justify all the expectation, you got to win, right? Right. I, I mean, other people are doing it, right? Yeah. And, and kudos to to him too. I I couldn't do it, Bernie. I was actually gonna I was actually gonna talk to you about this. I had it written down. He still continues to be so positive. Like yes. I saw him after that loss later that day, or maybe it was the next day, and he came up, you know, fist bump. And asked me, you know, how I was doing. I mean, he like like nothing happened. You know, what I mean, he's just so positive, and and uh, you know, he likes the way he's playing, and he's like, I'll just try again. Yeah, I mean, I, he's I would, part, I he be, is I playing. Well. Frustrated if it were me. I, I mean, I I, yeah, I just he, would. Be. He, he is playing well because he's getting to these moments, right? He's mm-hmm. just not performing at his best in those moments, but he yeah. continues to put himself there. And I think you and I discussed this maybe an episode back or two or three that I feel like, and you, I think you would agree with me that once he wins something big we'll probably see him win a lot of things yep but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't disagree i mean I, that, that's it's like, just, I, it's I, just I, getting so to that fisher point. hamilton once fisher finally got that big win at a national i feel that's helped him so yeah. much yeah you gotta learn how to win and yeah. i feel like i feel like Devin's going through that and it's kind of like all right so you know when they talk about college basketball coaches and here we go making another analogy but Getting to the final four is almost as impressive as winning the national championship to a lot of coaches and to a lot to how you're perceived as a program. That's how they're judged. Yeah. Right. If you can make a final four, yes, someone won the national title, but those four teams get remembered. Right. Yeah. And I feel like Devin's kind of that guy. He's that basketball program that just keeps making a ton of final fours, but can't seem to win. Right. You look up, up and another final four, but they can't seem to win. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, hopefully for him, he finds a way to kind of get that monkey off his back and, you know, start winning something. Because for his talent level, especially when he's on top of his game, I mean, it's a real short discussion of players that can play at that level. Yeah. Such a great, such a great guy, too. And again, he's always so, so positive and a shocking start to that. You know, he got aggressive right off the bat. And I think he, I mean, within a blink of an eye, he was down like six nothing and then. Eight yeah. to two, or he, he forced it a little bit. You I could see, remember. yeah, he, he did. He, he went, he went aggressive early, and it, he did. It definitely cost him. Yeah. Um. So here's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. Are are you are you good? I can't remember. I'm sure we talked about this last year. Some people like to talk about this. Some don't. Um, I kind of want to talk about Justin Burton Jr. real quick. But are are you good discussing uh, your MVP ballot? And breakout player of the year, like like I'm I'm totally comfortable. Like I, I 
I, I will tell anyone who asks me who I vote for. I have, by the way, I have not, I don't even got a ballot yet, but I haven't um, either. I, I, know, I'm sure we'll probably start getting them. I mean, I know who mine's going to be. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I went in last week. I mean, I'll just, I'll just be transparent with you. I went in last week and what did I say? I, I really felt like, and, and by the way, I'm not sure what we're supposed to, I, I think, I think the beauty of this, I've talked to Trey about it in the past is that we can all kind of determine whatever criteria we want to make our, to make our um, our final vote, right, for the breakout player and rookie of the year mm-hmm. and MVP, and for me, it's probably a little bit different. Like for me, I do weigh I do weigh shootouts in that, sure. and and for me, going into this past weekend, I think I said on the show last week, I wanted to see one more win out of Justin Burton Jr. I felt like for some reason, I felt like I needed to see one more win out of him, and and we didn't get it this weekend. Um, d- didn't doubles at the Open. Yep. But didn't get that. Didn't get another big, you know, signature singles win in a shootout. And I really was hoping that maybe we would, we would see that this past weekend. And um, it's I don't so know. tough. It's so tough for me because breakout player and rookie of the year seems like they could be the same thing this year with Fisher and Justin Burton Jr. Right? I mean, they're both kind of each. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, you know what I mean? Like they're both rookies. Yep. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess breakout player could be someone like a Ryan Hart. But once again, you're talking about, you know, there's players that have climbed I mean, the ladder within a, a, a division. I mean, I think Jake, a Jake Gore has got to be in that discussion. A Jake Gore, right? a Jacob Trzinski has yeah. to be in that discussion where people that have just climbed through a division that is so stacked and have found, their, found ways to climb through. I think, you know, yeah. a breakout player would be uh, a Hunter Thorne has to be in that conversation. Someone that was kind of mired in, in some I think there are better choices. I think there are better choices. But to me, the breakout player, like this is this is what I mean. Like a breakout player is someone that was kind of mired in the middle and has found a way to climb through all that talent. I don't oh, yeah. know I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. I, I don't I don't know if I mean I guess Jake does fall in that because he was kind of mired in the middle a little bit last year but was wasn't able to play a lot, still not able to play a lot in the shootouts. So that kind of hurts him in that regard. But I mean he's a top ten player in the world. Right. So that I mean, I guess he, yeah. If you really break it down, he probably has to be that player. Yeah. Or, or, or he's in in a very short discussion on that. Yeah. Like player. I like I've re- like I've really been trending towards towards Mark, obviously, and yeah. towards Tony, right? Um, and, and Fisher. I mean, Fisher and Caleb. I mean, they're right there also, right? Yeah. I'm, Caleb, I'm not, Caleb Batson's to... a perfect example of someone that was kind of down, not down, but a little bit lower in the pro division, the pro division gets even tougher and he finds a way to blast himself into the top five. I mean, that's, yeah. if that doesn't define a breakout performance, I don't know what does, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it, so so I, was, I, I, I felt myself going into last weekend kind of leaning towards Mark and Tony for my MVP. But if I could have just seen one more, just one more signature win out of, out of Justin Burden Jr., I think that would have made my decision even harder than it already is i think i think for some reason i just wanted to see one more and just didn't get to this weekend but that being said i really enjoyed really enjoyed watching him play i i love he to me justin burton jr you know what it is i was thinking about it after after i left i probably think about cornhole way too much um it's probably unhealthy to be honest with you i'm like i'm like why do i like why do i like watching justin burton jr play because because after after the celebrity pro-am he was there and i walked up to him and i'm like mom I'm like, dude, I told he and Logan both. I'm like, I love watching you guys play. I mean, there are a lot of players like watching play. And and I was I'm like, why do why? Why do I say that? Why do I why do I like that? You know what it is? He looks athletic. 
when Justin Burton Jr. plays, he looks to me, in my opinion, like an athlete. And I love that. I love watching him play. Now, that's the positive. The negative, and this is just, a, just geeking out on cornhole, I think something he needs to improve on, and I saw it again last weekend, his block. He's got to be just a little bit, and I, I get it. It's, I mean, a lot of people debate that it's the most difficult shot in, I, I think it in has cornhole. To be. Yeah. If he, he just needs to be a little bit more, because I see, I see the wheels turning, and I see what he's trying to do, but a lot of times, like if, if he's on the, the you know, outside arm and he's got to try and lay that block on the left side lane, sometimes it just gets a little wonky on him. It just goes to the right. If he can get just a little bit, you know, to perfect that block just a little bit more, he, I'm telling you, he is going to be unstoppable because he can collect with the best of them. Yeah, I mean, he, he does crazy things with the bags. He's just got to be a little bit more accurate on that block. But again, on the positive, he looks like an athlete to me when he's playing. And I love that. I love it. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Especially that his release looks good, the way his, bo his body yeah. movement, even, even though it's still. Ooh. By yeah. the way, he looks, it just, he looks it like just came into my head. I have to give you props on something. I get bored sometimes and in background talking about college football. And I hate to take this tangent because we're, we're, we're into this cornhole thing. I flip on YouTube and I put on craziest plays of the year and i just see what came up and i just clicked on it it had that coastal carolina play where the player jumped uh jumped the guy for the touchdown late in the game yeah and that's, that's your call and i was yeah. like oh listen to jeff there's jeff's call it was great oh so my anyways, gosh yeah. i screamed i screamed like i was 12 years old could not believe that i that i had just witnessed that I yeah. mean, he literally leapt like five feet into the air. Yeah, it was impressive. But yeah, I was like, oh my God, that is Jeff's call. Because I wasn't like, it, what's it was in the background and I wasn't really paying attention. But I was like, is that Jeff? And I yeah. looked up and it was coast. Yeah. So that was awesome. Anyway. And, and that, it ended up, being, ended up being for the win. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's why. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but anyway, back to Jeff. He does have a good look to him. He does have a, an athletic look, even though he doesn't move much. There is an athleticism there. There's a smoothness to, to how he delivers the bag that I like. I think so. Um, all right, dude. We are. We are. Are we running late? Yeah. We're, we're yeah man. I mean, if we want to get to, if we want to get to on, off, and in, and sure. the top ten, or to. we can say we can save our top ten for next week. Nah, might as well. Might as well hit one before we go. And then right, you want to do? Uh, are you? Are, did you do on, off, and in this week? I did. You I did go first. Or you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Have at it. Uh, in the hole. All right. Should, do we need to? Do we need to tell people again? I mean, for for people. We've only been doing sure. this for three or four weeks. For, for sure. many weeks, we were trying to we were trying to decide, you know, because there's so many things that we talk about where we're right on the money, right? I mean, there mm -hmm. things that we talk about. You mentioned you've been doing this since 2018. I'm now in my fourth season, so there are certain things we see, then we're right. However, on the flip side, there's a lot of things that we say, a lot of things that we see, a lot of things we predict where we're like, wow, yeah, totally, totally missed on that. So we have this new segment. We've been trying to figure out for months what to call this thing. So we finally came up with this name on, off and in. So on the board is something that, you know, we feel like we're, we're trending, tracking, correct on off yep. the board is something we totally missed. And in the hole is something that we just, we just freaking nailed. So yep. there you go. All right. There you go. All right. My in the hole. And I know people are going to say, well, it's Cheyenne Bubenheim. And people are say, what? That's obvious. She's always been the best. She hasn't always been the best female player. And in 2020 during COVID, I said that girl, and she was younger and she wasn't, you know, she was, may have been ranked that time fourth or fifth in the women's division. If you really kind of broke it down that way, I was like, that girl's the best player in the women's division. And people are like, who is like that, that young girl, Cheyenne from Florida. She's just watch her play. It looks easier for her than it does for everyone else. And once she gets confidence, I was right on that. Now I thought that she would stay in the top 20. She's 29th right now, which is still pretty impressive with the level of talent. 
you know, a big, a big, you know, a big run at Worlds, maybe get her into the top 20. I think anyone in the top 20 is elite of the elite. Wait, okay. Cheyenne is only 29th? Yes, in pro singles. And she's the high- oh, 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 in pro singles. Okay, I was thinking, I was thinking of women's standings. No, no, she's the highest rated female in the pro, in, in the pro singles division. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. All right, so on the board, and we just talked about him a little bit ago, for me is Devin Harbaugh. Beginning of the season, we did some power rankings, and I had him number one in my power ranking. I just thought he's kind of – we talked about how his mental game had gotten so much better, and I just felt like we were going to see something different from Devin this season. I thought personally at that time that Devin would be having the type of season Mark Richards is having. I thought you know, just because of his sheer talent and his sure. new way of thinking about the game that he was going to have that. So is he still a top ten player? Yes. So he's, is he is he winning is he winning brackets and nationals? Yes. Is he making finals and television? Yes. But he hasn't quite broken through. So that's more on the board. He's there, but he's not there. So that that's my more on the board, and my more off the board is Jake Gore. I think I undersold Jake Gore at the beginning of the season, and I actually thought his brother was the better of the two, Jackson. And I was you wrong. probably weren't alone. I, I, matter of fact, I know you were wrong. wrong. Yeah, I just dead. Well, I know other people have said it too. They won't admit yeah. it now, but I was dead wrong. Jake yeah, everyone knew Jake was. Dude. Everyone knew Jake was gonna be great, but they they, they you know probably thought Jackson would be the first one to, to reach that. Yeah, that, that yeah exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I was off the board there. I just the kids, the kids, the real deal. Oh my gosh, he is. Yep. I can't. And he's another, he's another one. I just love watching him play. Part, yeah. part of it is because he's so young, obviously, and competing at such a high level. So there's you know intrigue with that, but he's, he's fun to watch play. All right, here Hit we me. go. Hit me. So my, uh, again, on, off and in, so my first one, and again, this this may not be very popular, right? With with again, people with whatever who are making decisions, but my my on the board for me anyway is Super Hole. Um, my thoughts have been that there are too many events, too many Super Hole events. I feel like I feel like eight events. You and I talked about this earlier this season. Mm-hmm. I just feel like eight is has been too many. I feel like it's watered down what could be an incredible event. Are there talks to maybe change that next year? Maybe. You, you know more than I do about that. I just feel like eight has been way too many. And, and my, my whole wish, I mean, if I, if, if I was the one pressing all the buttons, I would, I would have one huge Super Bowl annual thing, right? Yeah. I would have one Super Bowl, just football players at the Super Bowl, bring in 16 football players, bring in 12, <laughs> 10, 8, however many you want to do, just make one big, huge, standalone Super Bowl yeah. event the week you know, the week of the Super Bowl. I, I just think that'd be great. And on the other side, I'd like to do a celebrity one where we do a celebrity pro-am and it's just celebrities, right? And maybe it's a few, a few athletes as well, but it's just celebrities. And we do that as a standalone event. Maybe we do it at the 4th of July. And again, 16 players, 12, 10, however many Marlin can get, you know, whatever's manageable um, and just have one big celebrity pro-am event. And, and I just feel like, and then everything else is, is serious, right? Everything else, shootout. Cornhole, nationals, world championships, teams, right? I mean, we have plenty of that. But for two times a year, let's just really have some fun, make it a big standalone event. And the reason yeah. why I think I'm on the board with this, and, and most people probably saw this, golf has got it right. The American Century Pro-Am oh, yeah, at, at Lake Tahoe. Look mm-hmm. at it. Once a year, they bring in the celebs, and what happens? 
Steph Curry hits this hole in one. He ends up winning it. It's great. Everyone's watching. The ratings are great. It's amazing, yep. right? Yep. And, and it's once a year, and it's fun to watch. It's not sticky. It doesn't get watered down. It's a huge event. So, so I, I just feel like, again, in my opinion, I feel like I'm on the board with that one. Eight's too many. Eight's too many. And, and with be. that, we're not even going to get a chance to talk about what you want to talk about because we're going to run out of time with the celebrity issue this past weekend. But anyway, so that's my on the board. My off the board... It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, same name you just brought up, but I'm off the board on this Cheyenne Bubenheim, and uh, you know, in my defense, uh, you know the league the league just doesn't have the resources, the money right now for a sports information director. So sometimes things you know happen that we don't hear. I don't have I I, I don't have the ability to check 256 Facebook pages and Instagram pages. I don't have the you know time to go through Trey Ryder's entire all of his social media accounts. I I just I just don't you know. That's impossible. So sometimes things are going to happen, um, you know, that we that we don't hear. So anyway, huge miss. Cheyenne Bubenheim, she won. You can say whatever you want. You can say the women's division isn't as strong as the pro singles, whatever. Cheyenne Bubenheim won the Grand Slam this year. She won all four nationals in women's singles. I think mm-hmm. that is huge. I don't care what sport. I don't care, you know, that it's that it's not, you know, the women's division is as strong as the pro singles. I get it. She won the Grand Slam. She won all four damn national titles. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it. Didn't even know about it until this past weekend. So again, miss on my part. Sorry, Shane. I want to give you your, your props now because that is huge. So congratulations for winning the Grand Slam and women's uh, all four nationals. And then finally, oh man, yeah, we're going to run out of time again. Um, anyway, my in the hole shootouts. I love pro shootouts. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I love it. the format. I love the 10 rounds. <laughs> I, I love that there's eight. I love that there's automatic qualifiers. I love oh. that it's single elimination. It's yeah. just, you know, it just gives me that feeling of the NCAA tournament. I love that. I love that it's $300,000. Next year, it'll probably be more. Yep. I absolutely love the shootouts. I've loved it since the first day I talked to Stacy about it. I love yep. everything about it. Um, and, and, yeah, so that's that's my end hole. And with that, we got 20 seconds left. <laughs> so no no top 10s. So we will save top 10s for next week. Then. Yeah, you know, it'll be good. Save our top 10 going into the world. It so. really wasn't much different. The only thing I will say, Ryan Hart, I did slide you into my number eight slot, which is yeah. my fun, funky yeah. slot. You know, welcome to Love it. it. I, I threw you in my eight slot. Other than that, it's the same names. So. Yeah. All right, dude. We'll see you next week. All right, buddy. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching, as always. Bye.